0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander's up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Welcome to Pet Pees, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Why let sleeping dogs lie when you can take the bull by the horns and let the fur fly? So get your claws out and get ready to rattle some cages on Pet Peeves with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Amy Shojai.
1: Hey there and welcome to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Amy Shojai. Now we all love our pets, or we wouldn't have them. But can you go too far with pampering? That takes me to my rant of the week. Now I'm all for spoiling dogs and cats within reason and when it doesn't cause other problems. My dog, Magic, gets a bit of people food now and then, and and my serendipity kitty gets her share of lap snuggles on demand. But an enormous amount of press releases hit my email inbox, promoting everything from kitty jewelry to doggy weight loss products to counteract the results of all that pampering. I even got a promotion recently for a Puppy Purse of the Month Club something you strap on your toy dog so you can carry him around over your shoulder or by a handle on his back and his fuzzy feet never touch the ground they promote it for cats too i know what Saren would think of that notion give him toys for sure lavish attention absolutely but when pampering transforms our pets into mere fashion accessories i gotta draw the line in the kitty litter give me a break now, I can't wait to hear what today's guest has to say about pet pampering extremes. Darlene Arden is a certified animal behavior consultant, author of several acclaimed books, including Rover, Get Off Her Leg, and she specializes in issues that affect small dogs. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back with Darlene Arden after these messages from our sponsors. <laughs>
0: Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Flight
2: 291 is now boarding. All
1: passengers, please proceed
2: to gate 4. And who's this traveling with us today? This is Bailey. She's never flown Midwest Airlines before. Hi, Bailey. (coughs) She'll be fine. We take special care of our traveling pets. In fact, our premier pet program was created by an employee and dog lover who believes that pets should be handled as precious cargo. And they are. Oh, and they earn travel rewards, too. Oh, good. Thanks for flying Midwest Airlines, Bailey. Enjoy your flight. Visit MidwestAirlines.com.
0: Welcome to Personals.com. As a fellow cat owner, I know how finicky we are. From our friendships, to our loves, to just about everything, not any old website is going to satisfy us. Here at Personals.com, cat lovers from all walks of life can celebrate the photos, the stories, and videos of their beloved family member. And if you're single, here's your chance to meet someone who's perfect for you. Share your personality today for free. See
2: you soon. Personals.com. That's P-U-R-R-S-O-N-A-L-S
0: dot com. Finally, a place to meet that special person.
2: Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggie's duffel bag, and that's... Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So, get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend, and the one magazine your dog will thank you for.
0: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun.
1: We're back with Pet Peeves on PetLife Radio. Please help me welcome my guest, Darlene Arden, an internationally recognized expert on behavior, training, and the wellness of dogs. So glad to have you, Darlene.
3: I'm so glad to be here, Amy. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Well, what i like to do first up on the show uh, is find out a little bit about you for our listeners in particular. So, Darlene, tell us what, what pets do you have? What shares your heart in your home?
3: Well, at the moment, my home is shared with a sure-true cat who's a retired show cat. I love the idea of adopting an older pet, and she is absolutely wonderful. Her name is Amy, but she spells it differently.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's the French, Amy. She's grown from the de of and it only took me a year to memorize that. I was going to
1: say, say that fast three times. It's <laughs> right, exactly. If there a prize, I'll try.
2: Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've always worked with dogs of all sizes um I specialize in the behavior issues, although i can I do behavior with dogs of all sizes, of course, but the behavior issues of dogs twenty pounds and under I'm a learning facilitator at Kutztown University in Pennsylvania, even though I live in Massachusetts in their dog training and management program, so that people who want to learn to train dogs the right way can do that. I'm very much a positive trainer very much working with people to help change behavior problems. Rover Get Off Her Leg is my book for the pet owner, but I find that a lot of behavior consultants are adopting the book as well and then recommending it because it's a very easy read. It's everything people need to know about correcting the problem, but you're not correcting the dog. You're setting the dog up to win. And as you know, everything is positive today. I would no more want to see someone go to someone using aversive, old, 30-year-old methodologies in working with dogs than I'd want to see them go to a doctor who's practicing 30-year-old medical methodologies.
1: Great point, and I love love the title of your book, and despite the kind of tongue-in-cheek humor there, and the subtitle is... You know, for the dog who pees on your rug, steals the roast and poops in improper places. It's a serious issue there. And so it's it's great that you're addressing some of these, but with a touch of humor, so it kind of draws people in.
3: Well, I gathered anecdotes from people around the world, and I I couldn't make up this stuff. <laughs> and, <laughs> as what to do, what not to do. And then I had to change most of the names to protect the guilty. But the point is, <laughs> you think you're alone, you're not alone. Other people have had these problems and worse. And if you have a little dog, the ones to whom these puppy purses are aimed, um, I have a book called, as you know, Small Dogs, Big Hearts. And it's everything you need to know either before you get the dog or certainly when you have it for little dogs, 20 pounds and under, but from puppyhood to geriatric.
1: I want to get into the topic of the day, which is, you know, pampering our pets, and so I'm going to play a little bit devil's advocate here, Darlene, and is it so wrong to pamper our cats and our dogs? I mean, what's the big deal? That's why we want to snuggle them, we want to love on them. What's, what's wrong with pampering our dogs there's and cats? There's
3: nothing wrong with pampering. There is no, I never tell people not to have fun with their dogs. I mean, if you saw me alone with any of my animals, now or in the past, you would see there's plenty of love going on and lots of snuggling and cuddling, and lots of positive reinforcement for whatever they do that's right. But some people go overboard, and they forget that they're living with another species, and they tend to think they've given birth to their animals, I think. And, you know, unless you're dating outside your species, I really don't (laughs) think so, and even then I'm not sure it's so possible.
1: (laughs) Yeah, when does it become a problem? You you mentioned the little dogs. I know they pamper big dogs, too, but especially these little guys. What are some examples?
3: Well, because the toy dog owner is walking a fine line, and you always have to be afraid of unsupervised large dogs and unsupervised children. Those are always a problem, swooping down. Uh, They're easily injured. They're, They're more fragile. And people forget that they have four on the floor and they can use them. These dogs need exercise. They need to be real dogs. They are real dogs. I've heard them called everything from barking bed slippers to dropkick dogs, which really gets me angry, uh, because they are not dropkick dogs. They are wonderful companions, but they come in a smaller body. Do they have to be picked up? Sometimes they do. They get tired. They don't hike as well as other dogs. But when you talk about carrying them as an accessory, well, they're not wallets, they're not pocketbooks, they're not wristwatches. They're living, breathing, sentient beings. So you want to be sure that they get exercise and they get what they need and they get to socialize with other members of their species. I recommend canine musical freestyle, especially because there's no equipment to fall off from. Where I might, You have to be careful even with a larger breed on agility equipment, some pieces of equipment dog has to be trained very carefully for something like the dog walk or they can fall off. Well, a large dog falling off a dog walk can certainly break a leg or do some damage. A toy dog falling off a dog walk can be dead by the time he hits the ground. Right. Sadly, one of our colleagues emailed me uh, two days ago. Her client had a freak accident. She got a, bought a terribly tiny toy dog. And people use the marketing term, teacup. If you hear right. that, run in the other direction. It's a marketing term used by backyard breeders and puppy mills to describe anomalies that should not be bred. They should be placed with someone because they're going to, and never bred, and placed with someone who has enough money for the veterinary bills that are going to follow with a dog that's so tiny that the intestinal organs are tiny, it's extremely fragile. Two and a half pounds. This puppy flew. It was a little Yorkie, and they are very active dogs. He didn't know he weighed two and a half pounds. He flew out of her arms, hit the coffee table, crushed his chest, and was dead in seconds. Oh, Lord. It was, I sat in front of my computer crying. It was a freak accident.
1: Even carrying them if they're strapped into something or they're inside a little pocketbook or, you know, whatever Paris Hilton has today, that's an accident waiting to happen.
3: Even that is. But if you, even when you're holding it, if you hold them too tightly, you can crush them. The safest low level of weight, to my mind, and you still have to be careful, is five pounds. Five pounds is sturdier. However, I don't like those bags where there's a handle on the top And the dog's legs are hanging down. Right. That to me is like having a small baby and not supporting its head. It's got to be uncomfortable. It's leaving the dog very vulnerable. And there's no real sense of security. If you're going to pick up your dog and hold it, pick it up and hold it properly. And make sure you support the back legs and that the front legs are comfortable and the dog is in a comfortable position in your arms. If you need to put it in a carrier to carry, get an airline-approved lightweight carrier and be sure that it's safe, it's sturdy, and it won't tip over. A lot of bags are made like pocketbooks. Check them out carefully. Just because it has a high price tag doesn't mean that it's going to be safe for your dog or comfortable. And don't leave them in there all day. It's like crating the dog and using it as punishment.
1: Well, and I want to make a point also, you know, small dogs, there there are a lot of, of cute little outfits you can buy and these types of things actually serve a, a good function because many of these small dogs actually need a little bit of extra warmth in the, in the cold weather or even sun protection in the hot weather. So that you can spoil them in doing a good thing and you can Have a little bit of fun with some rhinestone collars or whatever floats your boat.
3: Well, we're we're on the same track. However, with toy dogs, I don't use a collar because they're all predisposed to a collapsing trachea. Good point. If they don't have one, you can precipitate it. I recommend highly a harness. I was going to the same place with clothing. I live in a very (laughs) cold climate. We're on the same wavelength, Amy. Small dogs, because they have a smaller body surface, as you know, will lose body heat more quickly. Never, if you live in a cold climate, don't get a puppy in the winter unless you have the, enjoy the relative equivalent of dressing your kid in a snowsuit before you go outdoors. <laughs> then you're not going to make it by the time you get out there. A warm sweater, snugly warm sweater, a nice snug coat is fine, a t-shirt. If you have a hairless breed, a Chinese-crested hairless or a Sholo eats Queenly, you're going to have to use the strongest sunscreen on them in the summer. And please remember that just because it doesn't have hair, it doesn't mean it doesn't have other problems. It doesn't mean there are no grooming issues. They have whiteheads, blackheads, incredible Ah. skin care issues that have to be taken care of. So you have to think about that. However, someone I know who has her Yorkie in agility was practicing and noticed a woman sitting on the sidelines with her little Yorkie. And her little Yorkie was wearing a frilly dress, a poke bonnet, and I swear to you, Mary Janes. (laughs) On all four paws. And that dog, she said, looked miserable. She only (laughs) wanted to play with the other dogs. And she's sitting there like, Mummy's baby. I think Mummy had gone a tad overboard, don't you? (laughs) I mean, I never tell people not to have fun with their dogs. I can tell you where to buy nice little dresses, uh, a smoking jacket for your male puppy. And these are great for things like nursing home visits or Halloween. You know, that you're dressing the dog up for Easter and taking it to church. I mean, you know, if you want to.
1: Yeah, and of course it's wedding season. So if you've got a little puppy that's uh, you're going to be a r- your ring bearer, maybe he can have a little tux.
3: But, he Can have a little <laughs> tux. That. Exactly right. He can have a little tux and he can look adorable. And he can be trained to carry the basket with the ring, and you can, or the little your little female can carry, you know, the ring and be your best the flower puppy, girl guess, or whatever. Right. are <laughs> <Okay, laughs> people great. who do this, but if you get a wedding invitation, this is a big point. If somebody tells you you can bring a friend. Don't bring your dog, please. You're going to wonder why nobody wants to talk to you anymore.
1: (laughs) On that note, we will talk even more with Darlene Arden after messages from these sponsors.
0: Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors.
2: Human? What planet? Not just you, but your whole family. It's the 2008 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 8th from 9 to 4 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to Lend-A-Paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food, fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy. Both human and human and pet related. Whisker Walk 2008, a fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to WhiskerWalk.org.
0: When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster. Your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand. Only on petliferadio.com. Let's talk pets on petliferadio.com <laughs> We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves, so here's Amy with some more tail tying fur-flying fun.
1: We're back, and again speaking with Darlene Arden. She is the author of Rover, Get Off Her Leg, the Angel Memorial Animal Hospital Book of Wellness and Preventive Care for Dogs, the Irrepressible Toy Dog, and Small Dogs, Big Hearts. Darlene, you're considered one of the foremost experts in the country on toy dogs. What are some of the other major issues you see with these little guys? Mistakes that owners make when they're caring for them, training them, or going overboard pampering them?
3: Oh They can cause separation anxiety too easily, and that's not a lot of fun for either of the members of the family, not the canine, not the human. Uh, they spoil them too much. They don't want the dog out of their sight, and so I talk a lot about teaching your puppy to be with you and without you, and lots of supervision. major problem with small dogs, and the major behavior problem that will land them in shelters, is house training. If you have, well, you have a German Shepherd, so you know, if if Magic were going to dump a quart on your carpet, you wouldn't have been very happy, so you get down to business with Magic right away. Half of these, at least half of the owners, probably 99% if I'm really going to give you figures, don't even bother. They don't even notice what the little dog has left on the carpet until they walk barefoot or slide in it on the floor. And they're not as tempted because it's so small to really do the work. Also because these dogs are so tiny and they do live a lot longer than the larger breeds, it takes up to a full year for the dog to be reliably house-trained. I want to repeat that, a full year. So I tell people to sleep in sweats because if you don't get up in the middle of the night when that puppy tells you, he has to go. And if you don't get him out there, it's your fault that he's not house trained.
1: Right, and that? then they're going to remember that too and say, oh, well, Mom didn't care the last time, so why bother?
3: Well, I bother. The other thing is some dogs don't signal the way others do. Italian greyhounds give you this little eye-rolling look. If you miss that look, <laughs> and you better be tuned in, the dog assumes, okay, I can go in here. It's, does don't really want to go out unless it's out to play. You know, oh, it's warm in here. I'm comfortable. This is nice. Why would I want to go outside and Well, it's that? like us. I can do it yeah. here. Convenient.
1: Well, and it's and like us, you know, on a cold day, you don't want to use an outhouse with a, a really cold seat, would you? I mean, you want to stay where it's nice and warm and comfortable. And,
3: wonderful uh, analogy. That's exactly right. One woman with a toy poodle told me she thought her dog was constipated. He never went. And apparently she wasn't much of a housekeeper, and I don't <sighs> think she could breathe very well because she actually admitted to me that she went into her living room, which none of the family is, basically just company, and she didn't realize the dog considered herself company. And she started to clean and moved a chair, and behind the chair was several weeks' worth of... Oh, gee. <laughs> yes, use your imagination. <laughs> I told you I can't make these stories up. It's impossible, but it happens. Uh, barking can be a problem, as with any size dog. nutrition. The reason small dogs, big hearts, has an entire chapter devoted uh, devoted to nutrition is because it's different for little dogs. They need to eat. I think all dogs should have their food split into two equal portions, morning and evening, for a number of reasons. For the little ones, it's imperative. They get sick so fast, and when they get sick, they go downhill at the speed of light. If the dog misses a meal, you can see it. Not only do they utilize their food more efficiently, split in two, preferably three meals if you can get home at lunchtime. But you can also tell when your dog stops eating. There might be a problem, and veterinarians would rather see these dogs on an emergency visit that turns out to be a false alarm than wait until the dog's really sick. And that's where wellness plays into this. And then you've got a real problem that you've got to deal with that ends up being more expensive than the veterinary visit would have been and more heart-wrenching. So those are two of the really major problems. Also, little dogs have luxating patellas and collapsing tracheas. Do they all? For the most part. Um, luxating patella at grades one and two, which are, you know, just a little bit of popping in and out, aren't a real problem by the time more a problem for the owner watching it. By the time you get to grades three and four and this is something your veterinarian should see. You need surgery.
1: Right now, and for people listening who aren't real conversant, this is the kneecap or some of the joints in the it's in The, the legs that, are, that pops in and out. Right. And so you're going to see some limping. You're going to see some pain funny, with some yes, of
3: them. Yes, and funny movement in the back. And if you see a lot of very strange movement in the rear, it can very easily be a luxane patella. And make no mistake about it, toy dogs get hip dysplasia. So do cats. Oh, right. They can have it so people think about it being in large dogs if you see a lot uh, anything you know from a lab to a german shepherd to something else larger with hip dysplasia you think oh yeah i'm used to seeing it in that size dog i have to watch for that be sure if you're going to get a puppy that you ask about screening in the toy dog for hip dysplasia
1: well i know that you know, toy dogs have become very popular for a number of reasons, particularly, you know, they're compact. So if you're living in a fifth floor apartment somewhere, mm-hmm. you aren't likely to have a St. Bernard with you, but you can have a smaller guy with you. And then people like Paris Hilton, well, I'm picking on her here,
3: but oh, well, That's she's the a Everybody target. does. You know, she's uh, the target.
1: She's a target. I mean, celebrities are often seen out and about with their, their little dogs. And mm-hmm. that's one of the attractions, really. I, I think I've heard you talk about these are our portable pets. We can take them with us. What, what's wrong with taking Little Princess everywhere?
3: Well, if Little Princess is well socialized and welcome everywhere and learns to ah. walk and behave like any other dog, then Little Princess should be a wonderful ambassador for the breed and for small dogs. And it could be a mixed breed, and that's fine. And there are so many designer dogs out there. Don't get it by a designer dog. Uh-huh. a shelter. You can find a designer dog at a shelter. It's just a mixed breed. And it's, they just put the two names together, and isn't that cute? No. It turns you a <laughs> lot of money. You out know, for something you could get it. You could go rescue a dog. You know, let's get a grip on reality here. Somebody's reality check bounced if they think that, you know. And I love the marketing that they do. It's so funny oh, it's hypoallergenic because it's half, half this. Well, half this is not hypoallergenic either. It's just right. dogs with hair have, create less problems. But how do you know it isn't going to take after the other breed? No exactly. Difficulty.
1: I always question, oh, well, it's going to have the best of these two or these five or however many combinations. Well, why, you know, flip of the dice here, it could easily have the worst of all of
3: those as well. Right, and there are so many problems that can crop up in any breed that all you're doing is multiplying your risk of all of these health problems and you could get a perfectly healthy dog maybe you won't I mean, don't think just because it comes you know it's a such and such designer breed i call them designer genes
0: <laughs> um,
3: it's it's crazy it's just an insane thing Taking your dog with you is fine. Carrying it everywhere is not. Um, The problem with the celebrities is that even the fashion magazines are now referring to the dogs as accessories. And they're not. And teenage girls want them because they see all of these, quote-unquote, celebrities carrying them around. Well, this is like adopting a child. I mean, it's a responsibility. You know it and I know it. Does the teenager know it? Who's going to take care of this dog? Who's going to train it? Who's going to feed it properly? Who's paying for the veterinary bills and taking the dog to the vet? Is the kid going to get bored? I mean, are they going to just put it out in the backyard? Very dangerous for a small dog. I don't like any dog out in the backyard for long stretches by itself or at all with toy dogs because any animal can come in and attack your dog and birds of prey can come in and carry off your toy dog. Also, if you really want to put something in the backyard, please plant a tree. There you go. Not a dog. Then the dogs can water
1: it and make it real happy. Sure.
3: You know, I mean, it's just, it gets really ridiculous. And for me, it gets really old. They'll bring it in and get excited with it for the first week or two. And then they think it's like the refrigerator. They can just leave it in the corner and ignore it. And you certainly don't want to overfeed a small dog. They want attention. They don't want Food all the time.
1: So when you're pampering, rather than opening up the candy dish or the treat bowl or whatever, work with them with a clicker trainer, you know, and do some reward-based training with attention, that kind of thing.
3: Absolutely. And get involved in something like Canine Musical Freestyle. If people go to my website, DarleneArden.com, they're going to find links to the World Canine Freestyle Organization.
1: Describe what that is for people. Some people don't know what what the heck is she talking about, freestyle? What is that woman
3: talking about? Freestyle is dancing with your dog. Oh, fun. so much fun about it, it's a choreographed dance routine to music with your dog. We have two types. We have heel work to music, so your dog's not working any more than four feet away from you. And we have musical freestyles. You can do weaves and spins and send-outs and have all kinds of fun and meet some great people. WCFO has divisions for juniors, which is part of the 4H. We have for adults. We have handy dandy dancers for handicapped dogs and or people. We have sassy seniors for sassy senior dogs and <laughs> people. And I mean, some of it just—you get into handy dandy and you see a blind dog dancing, and wow. an older dog. I mean, it moves me to tears. It is just. So beautiful. And it's an easy, fun sport. You're using positive reinforcement, clicker training. You're training your dog to do all kinds of fun things. You can go to nursing homes or to schools and do demos. If you don't want to compete, you can compete. Go meet other people. It's a great way to do it. Go onto the WCFO, go to their website from mine, and get onto their uh, email list. And find out where there's somebody near you, and there are groups all over the country and all over the world. And it's a lot of fun, and there are video competitions, and just getting out and doing something with your dog. And the dogs pick the music. People think, oh, I'm going to dance to such and such. Eh, wait and let the dog dance and pick it out. But the dog's (laughs) ears come up and the tail comes up. You know he's dancing to something he loves. I have people come up and tell me, "Oh, I have to dance to such and such because my dog likes it," but I really hate this kind of music. <laughs> so, if, if you're going to spoil the dog in any sense, that's the way to do it. Let him choose, you know, what he wants to dance to, and you'll have a lot of fun, and you'll meet some great people. It's a fun sport. Uh, there are all kinds of things that you can get into. Rallyo, which is a form of obedience but you go from station to station. There used to be exercise for humans like that where they'd set up a park oh, and right. you'd stop at each station and do the exercises that were on the wall, you know, on a tree or, you know. Oh, you know, yeah. Sign.
1: That's and me. I-, I do that yeah. every morning. Sure. Okay. <laughs> well, that's
3: no. okay. And no, I'll that's call it
1: rallyo do. now. That'll be better. <laughs> right.
3: You do rallyo with, with magic, and they tell you what to do. You walk the course first without the dog, And just so you see where you're going and what the pattern is and what you have to do. And it may be heel left, heel right, turn, you know, all kinds of, all the different obedience moves. And it's fun, but it's a lot more rigid. It's less rigid than formal obedience, but it's more rigid than freestyle. And dogs who are doing freestyle are also into other dog sports. But this is what they do for real fun, and I call it the dog smiling sport everybody's smiling, and the dogs are smiling at both ends. Ah, Those tails are wagging. I mean, have you ever seen a happy clumber spaniel? Oh, I Lord. i happy clumber spaniel. <laughs> he was dancing, and you could hear him thinking, oh, boy, oh, boy, this <laughs> is fun. I'm having a good time. And dogs of any size can do it, and mixed breeds as well as purebreds. And they need the exercise. And veterinarians have discovered that the freestyle dogs are better balanced because they work on all four sides of the owner
1: well there's a there's another really good reason for not carrying them everywhere and if you look at some of the advertisements for you know the portable pets and you, they have their legs sticking out the bottoms and all of that if you look at the dog's body language these dogs are not happy dogs for the no, most part they really are not i wanted to ask you also just on that note before we we wrap up here people taking their dogs out and there's bigger dogs around and they're picking them up and carrying them close to their their chest. And I've seen and read horror stories about big dogs jumping up and taking these little guys out of your arms. Is that not a an issue as well, especially when is, you're around bigger dogs?
3: That is absolutely an issue because you're also elevating your dog, your little dog's status so he has no choice but to meet the challenge. Also, I've seen people whose arms have been ripped open when the dog's to get to the little dog. Uh, There's a very famous dog handler in the Dog Fancy who almost had his throat ripped out when a dog went for a little one that he was carrying and it got his tie at the knot another inch and that man was dead. I mean, this is scary stuff. The toy dog owner is always walking a fine line between allowing the dog to be a dog and being very wary of big dogs who are unsupervised. If you're going to go to a dog park, and I'm not a big fan of dog parks, go without your dog several times a day and check which time which people are there. Who's responsible? Who's a responsible owner? Is there an hour in the day when there are smaller dogs so your dog won't be overwhelmed? If you're walking down the street, if you see in the distance an unsupervised dog, cross the street. Just get out of the way. Go around the corner. Do something. Just try to turn or turn around, but try to keep your dog out of harm's way.
1: Great advice. Great advice. And for more great advice, where can folks find your books, Darlene?
3: They can find them everywhere from brick-and-mortar stores to Amazon.com, DogWise, BarnesandNoble.com, anywhere books are sold.
1: And your website address again. Make sure folks have that.
3: Thank you, Amy. It's Darlene Arden, D A R L E N E A R D E N dot com. And there's lots of free articles there and one that has 10 tips for small dog owners they may want to look at.
1: Well, we are out of time, but I would really like to thank Darlene Arden and the producers for making Pet Peeves possible. Now, I dare you folks to join me next week for Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio the next installment of what hisses you off email me suggestions or post a note to my blog by dialing up petliferadio.com and clicking on the pet peeves logo you can get transcripts that way too purrs and wags until next time now go ahead folks spoil your pets that's why we have them after all just take care that all that pampering doesn't cross the line and cause problems for you or your special fur kids After all, you don't want him to get peeved.
0: That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick.